Hi everybody, welcome back to Brush with Brit. If you are new here, thank you so much for being here and giving my podcast a listen. I am a retired dental assistant. No, I'm just kidding. Sometimes I I do still do a little bit of assisting stuff here and there, but I keep it to a bare minimum. Um, But I was a dental assistant and I am now a registered dental hygienist of almost a year and a half now. Um, So in today's episode, I have a hot, hot, hot topic for you guys. Um, This is like hot off the press because this just happened last night and I was like, you know what? I need to make a podcast about this because I want to share my thoughts and opinions on this clinical exam that you have to take in order to become a dental hygienist. So this all came about because I was on a Facebook group last night and I tried to not usually go on those because sometimes people can be pretty mean on those pages. Like I'm in a lot of the dental hygiene group pages um, just to like keep up with stuff and and sometimes there is some very like um, useful information that people post and like talk about. So that's why I like to be on there but some people can get really nasty with like the things that they have to say. So anyway, I was on there going about scrolling and I came across a post about um, the clinical board exam being changed to a mannequin exam. So this article that was posted is actually old, which is the funny part. I'm like, this is old information that happened in like November, December of 2020. So this information is over a year old and the same type of conversations were happening at that time um, that were happening last night. So the person that posted this article, like it kind of made it look like it it was new information, but it's not new information. Like we've been well aware of the mannequin exam. So First, I'm just going to review what the heck I'm talking about, like, because some of you may have no idea what in the world I'm talking about. And um, so I'm going to go over what the clinical exam is and what my experience with it was. And then towards the end, I'll talk about my opinion and thoughts on the um, exam being switched to a mannequin. So let me get my sip of water here. All right, so this clinical exam, what is it? When you graduate from dental hygiene school or sometimes you're even still in the program, at some point you have to take a live patient exam. And what you do in this exam is you clean one quadrant of the mouth. Sometimes it's like one quadrant and maybe a couple teeth, additional teeth, Um, but typically it's like one quadrant. You clean the quadrant and then there are some examiners who are in a completely separate room, you never see them, who then go in and check how you did and then they give you a score. So the idea is they you don't see the examiners at all. They check your patient. Um, hopefully you pass and then you get to move on in the process of getting your license. So in the process of getting your license, you have to have one of the practical exams, one of the written exams, and then also a law and ethic 
a law and ethics exam, which this is how it is in California, but other states might be different. Okay, so what does this whole exam incorporate? There are different types of clinical exams depending on the state. Um, at the time when I did it, there were really only two that you could take, which were credits, which are, it's um, abbrevi yeah, abbreviated CRDTS. And then the other one is called REB, which is the one that I took, which is uh, WREB. So that's the one that I took. They're pretty much the same. Um, some states just accept a certain one. So I took the REB exam and I'm in California. And what you have to do is you have to find a very specific patient. This patient has to have a certain number of pieces of calculus in certain areas. And you want them to be, they don't have to be extremely healthy, but you want them to be a little bit healthy. That way you don't run into problems the day of when you're taking your tests, such as high blood pressure or needing pre-medication or something like that. So it's ideal to have a patient that is healthy um, and not too many medical conditions. That way you don't run into any issues. And you want this patient to be dependable. This exam, this exam cost me $1,200. $1,200, one, two, zero, zero. <laughs> when you are a broke student, that is a lot of freaking money. And so you are relying on your patient to show up. So your patient needs to be dependable and they also need to be available on the day of your test. So not only do you have to find a specific patient, but this patient needs to show up and have a free day available to be there for you for your exam. And you also want them to be relatively close to the exam site. Otherwise, they will have to travel. So let's say your patient does not show up to your exam. Guess what happens? Guess what happens to the broke student that just paid $1,200 for an exam and took all of that time trying to find a patient? Well, that student fails the exam, which is already getting me started on my opinion of this exam. So um, that's how that goes. If your patient doesn't show up, you fail. And yeah, that's it. You're done. The test day is over. And I think you get one chance to retake it. I'm, I feel like I'm just making that up. So um, I don't know about that. So I wanted to tell you guys about my story and how this REB exam went for me because I feel like the process that I went through is what has given me a different outlook on this exam. So the gist of it is in these Facebook group messages, they are saying that if a student does not complete this exam on a live patient, that they are incompetent. Like these hygienists are just saying that anybody who takes this exam on a mannequin isn't a good hygienist. They never proved themselves, all kinds of stuff. That's where my experience with graduating during COVID kind of comes into play and gives me a different perspective of things. So 
When I was originally scheduled to graduate in May of 2020, our clinical exam date was supposed to be in July. So a few months after we graduate, then we were supposed to be able to take the live exam. And that exam was also held at our campus, which gave us a huge advantage because if you can take the live exam in a clinic where you're comfortable and you already know where everything's at, sometimes it can just give you a little bit of ease and make you feel better about things. So we were all prepared for the past two years to take this exam at our campus and then COVID hits and our program gets shut down and our clinical exam gets canceled and then they let us know that they will not be holding the exam for us anymore at our campus. And when I tell you that we had absolutely no help finding a place to take our practical exam during a pandemic, we had no help. I reached out to so many people for help and guidance on how to find a place to take the clinical exam and we were left all on our own. It was just like, figure it out. Sorry, we don't have time to help you. Busy doing other things and trying to figure out how to get the next class into the program or whatever it was. So they basically just didn't have time for us. And so I started doing a ton of research, calling people left and right, trying to find a location. My main goal was just for me at first. I was only worried about myself taking the practical exam. And then if I was able to find some somewhere, then I was going to share it. And that's what ended up happening is I was able to find a place to take the clinical exam and I shared it with my class. And a lot of us were able to end up taking it at that location, which was only about two and a half hours, I think, away from San Diego. Some of my other classmates, however, um, had to take their exam all the way in Arizona. So they had to fly their patient out to Arizona and also pay for their Um, room in order for them to stay in Arizona for this exam, which is just crazy because when you're graduating, you are a broke student. You do not have money. And even if you work, you don't have that much money to pay for an exam, a flight, a room for yourself and your patient. Like it's just crazy. So some of the students did end up having to do that. I got super lucky and didn't have to. And then our program also gave us two weeks to find a patient. They said, you guys have two weeks to find a patient and then you guys are out of clinic. That's all the time we can give you. That's all the time that we have. And if you don't find a patient, then you're out of luck. So all of us were scrambling for two weeks, stressed out as hell, trying to find our patients. And somehow we all got incredibly blessed and found patients. I don't know how it happened, but we did. And I found mine within like five days or something like that. Um, So I got super lucky too. My um, patient ended up being a really good friend of mine who also ended up living right next to the clinical site that was two hours away or two and a half hours, whatever it was. He lived right by the location site, which was amazing. I I got so lucky and it was a friend that I can depend on and that I trust and I knew wouldn't let me down and would be a great patient and it worked out so smoothly for me. I didn't have to pay him or anybody else in order to take this exam. I know a lot of patients, I mean a lot of students will 
pay patients to be there for this exam and it's sad because we're just already just trying to graduate and get through things and then on top of that we have to pay somebody to come it's pretty ridiculous and um after that like we ended up doing the exam and this exam was so chill it was so easy compared to what I worked up in my head typically you would do like a mock board exam in your clinic but we weren't able to do that because of COVID so we never had any type of um mock board exam where they kind of just guide you through the process so you have an idea of what it was like we didn't get that so we just kind of went straight into it and that's when um, I started getting on Facebook pages just to learn more information and try to figure out like what people are saying about things and before I think this was Okay, so I was able to take my um, exam on a live patient, but there was also talk of adding in a mannequin for a certain amount of time because of the pandemic. So when that happened, I was reading comments like the comments I told you guys about earlier and everything, and it was really upsetting. And I knew that I wanted to put up a fight. I wanted to put up a fight and say that, you know what, we have no other options. We cannot get patients in the clinic right now people are scared of COVID they don't want to come in like all these things are happening like our um, location site shut down and I wanted to put up a fight for the mannequin exam I said you know what like we have gone through all of this schooling and now our license is dependent on an exam that we may never get to take because of a pandemic and we have no other options we can't Like at the time, a mannequin exam was not um, available in California. So I decided I wanted to sit in on one of the board meetings. And when I sat in on the board meeting, I was very surprised to hear what people had to say. I mean, there was students, there were um, dentists that were on the board who spoke about things. And I just think that it's pretty ridiculous to claim that a dental hygienist is competent just from cleaning one quadrant. I just don't see how that that qualifies as proving anything. Um, And I also think it's really important to remember that in other countries, they don't have practical exams. Maybe some of them do, but I know multiple countries that do not have a practical exam for dental hygienists, which means that they go through their schooling, they get a portfolio, they earn their degree, and they get their license through being graded throughout this entire program. And that's why I think you have to be careful with what you say because you're insulting a lot of these other hygienists who did not have to take an exam on one quadrant. So I do this board meeting and everybody's just saying that like we have to take it on a live patient. It's not fair, yada, yada, yada. And we end up being able to take it on a live patient, thankfully. But then the next class that comes around, um, somehow the mannequin exam got approved for a certain amount of time. And I think it's still, I know it's still available in some states, but not all. So my thoughts on the mannequin exam versus the live patient exam. The live patient exam is not fair across the board. I don't think it's fair to say that every 
student is going to get a patient that is exactly the same. Some patients will have medical history um, problems that arise the day of the appointment, like I said earlier, high blood pressure. Some people will have patients that won't show up. Some people will have patients with tenacious calculus that they can't get off, or the patient is hard to get numb, or they're late, or they're anxious in the chair, which then makes the student anxious. There's just so many variables that changes this exam for every student. It's, an, it's not fair across the board. And I think that that's why this exam needs to change. The mannequin, yes, it makes it so it can be fair across the board. The calculus can be placed in the same exact spots. It can look the same, feel the same. Everything can be the same. But do I think that that's necessary? No. I don't think that a hygiene student who has spent the last two years or however many months it's been practicing on live patients then needs to go and take a practical exam on a type it on in order to prove that they are a competent hygienist. I don't believe that because I know I've been practicing for almost a year and a half now and I know that I am still learning and I am human. I have good days. I have bad days. I have days where I do an SRP and I feel amazing and I feel like I know what I'm doing. And then I have days where I have a, it's bad. And I feel like, gosh, I I tried my best to get that off. Like, why couldn't I get that calculus off? Why was it still there in my post-op x-ray? Like, that's the truth. That's the truth of being a hygienist is that you're not perfect. And so for it to rely on this one day with this either random patient or this type of don't, I don't think it's fair. I think this exam needs to go. <laughs> Like, I think you go through a hygiene program, your instructors are right there by your side every day, grading you and teaching you and watching you learn and grow as a hygienist. They should be the ones to determine if you are a competent hygienist and if you have enough skills and knowledge to make it in the real world. They should be the ones because for all we know, like this live patient exam, you get lucky and you get a patient who has super young calc that just flies off like butter or you have a type it on. I mean, like, what is the type it on going to do? Like, why, why are we reversing? Why are we going from a live patient to then, oh, now you need to do it on a mannequin? Like, I just don't understand how that proves anything. I think that we just need to stick to our programs Make sure our programs are thorough and our um, professors are thorough and they're the ones grading everybody equally and everybody's getting treated the same and they're the ones that are going to watch us and teach us. So at the end of it, let us have a portfolio of everything that we accomplished and let that be what proves that I am ready to go into the real world as a hygienist. Those are my thoughts on clinical boards exam. And um, I, I understand that people won't agree with me. You don't have to agree with me. I know that everyone you know, has the right to their own opinion and stuff. But I do think it's important for me to voice my opinion as well. 
and put these um, thoughts out there. I think too, like, I really just started thinking a lot about other countries and like the system that they do. Like some of these places don't even, you don't have to find your own patients. And we're over here finding our own patients, paying $1,200 for an exam, paying for a patient to be at the exam, being unethical by asking them to wait for a treatment, and then leaving them with three quads unfinished of SRPs, which is unethical. So I guess the mannequin takes away that part, but I don't know. I just feel like it needs some revamping and um, some change. I think that the system really needs a lot of change for for hygienists. We need to grow and come together and learn together and recognize that innovating things is good and changing things is good. It's okay if another hygienist didn't have to go through what you went through. Like it doesn't have to be that way. So keep that in mind when you're thinking about this and Um, I love to chit chat, you know, if somebody has a different opinion than me, I would actually really love to just have like a genuine conversation about this. Um, So please reach out if you are like wanting to talk to me and share opinions and kind of just learn from each other and see like what what are we doing here in this dental hygiene world? What what kind of hygienists are we creating out there, you know? Uh, I hope you guys really liked this episode. I had fun recording it. Um, this one was weighs heavy on me just because of everything that I, I went through graduating during a pandemic. So this topic just really lights a fire in me sometimes. So I just wanted to hop on here and talk to you guys. Um, I have a couple really cool episodes coming up who I have some guests coming on. So stay tuned for that. And then I will be announcing soon my brand collaboration deal thing that I've been talking about. Um, So that's coming soon too. And yeah, I'm working five days this coming week. Uh, Wish me luck. I can't do it for much longer. It burns me out so bad. By Friday, I'm just like a potato. I'm like, go home and just lay on the couch. So Oh, just wish me luck. Five days is hard, but I'm just trying to help out the office for this maternity leave. So I got, um, I think I have seven more Wednesdays to cover. So keep me in your thoughts, guys. All right. Love you all. Thank you so much for the support. I appreciate each and every one of you. And as always, I try to get back to you guys as soon as I can. So if you do send me a DM or something, just please be patient with me. And if you ever want to like, ask me a question or anything, just please reach out. My handle is brush with Brit on everything. So you shouldn't have a problem finding me. I hope you guys have a really good weekend and enjoy what is tomorrow Sunday. (laughs) Bye guys. Love you all. 